Will you pray with me? Father God, we thank you for today. Father, we thank you that we can be in your house on this wonderful night. Father, as we remember you sending your son to be born in a manger. Father, we thank you for the fact that we can be here, that we can sing praises to your name. Thank you for our music team and their, their gifts, musical ability to sing to you, Father. Pray that you be with us, Father. Thank you for your word and teaching us. I pray that you speak through me, Father, that my lips are your lips, my heart is your heart, Father, and that we are not just hearers of the word, but we will be doers of it as well. I ask all these things in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. Well, good evening and Merry Christmas to everybody. Uh, I want to say uh, welcome to each and every one of you, as Pastor Barry already did, uh, especially if you're new, we want, to, we want to say welcome to Christ Church, our Christmas Eve service, so happy that you're here. Uh, as you can see that we've been in a series this whole month called All I Want for Christmas, and we've been going through different aspects of, of things that are, 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 are long-lasting, are long-lasting, things like, things like joy, hope, peace, and faith, and this, this night on the night of Christmas Eve, we, we talk about grace. So it's exciting to be here. It's exciting that, that you're here. But I, I know that for many of you, if you're young, maybe if you're old, you're, you're excited about these things, but you're probably more excited about what, what's happening tomorrow. Uh, I know there's a lot of young people in here who are excited about the gifts that they're going to get. Uh, there's some adults who are just as excited, even more so than, than kids, which is wonderful. I am excited. Uh, I know my wife and I, Deb, uh, we have two children, and uh, as, they, as they get older, uh, it's, it's fun to see Christmas, but it gets a little bit more difficult. I think as parents, you'll kind of know what I'm talking about when I say it gets a little bit more difficult because the gifts get a little bit more particular. Uh, they get a little bit more specific. And uh, my wife, I know we were talking this evening about uh, how this year we hope we got it right. Uh, you know, in the years past, it was just easy to give them a box and they would be happy. But as they grow up, uh, it's, it's a little bit more particular. We've been talking about... Well, our children about being thankful for whatever you get, because you really didn't deserve it in the first place, but be thankful for that gift. And uh, to, to not give it back if you don't like it. Uh, I know that that's happened in the past. Um, our children who um, have, are well-mannered uh, got a gift, and uh, one of our, our, our daughter and didn't like it, and with, with good manners gave it back to the person and said, no, thank you. And... <laughs> So we're talking about being, being thankful, about getting the gifts even if you don't de- deserve them because it's a, absurd to, to give it back. It was a free gift, but it's a wonderful time. Uh, Christmas, it's a wonderful time of the gifts, and we've been talking about gifts that are, that are more long-lasting. As we already read, the, the passage this morning or this evening was from Matthew, and all the songs we sang are really pointing to the nativity. And it's a wonderful time to do that, especially this time of year. And that there are many people who come to church on Christmas Eve uh, who may not been in church throughout the, the rest of the year or may be unfamiliar with this. And so the songs that we sing and even the scripture we, re- we read may be a bit confusing. Uh, for others, uh, it's, it's kind of a tradition. We read the Christmas story because it's, it's Christmas. For those that may have not been in church much, they just say, well, you know what, I'm going to just kind of bear with that because, and deal with it because it is Christmas, and so we'll read the story. And for others in the room, come to church, Christmas is a celebration because of who Jesus is and why he came. And that's what I want to talk about this evening in just a few moments. Who is Jesus, and why did he come? 
You know, in reading that passage, if you have your Bibles, we're in Matthew chapter, chapter 1. It is in your service sheets as well, Matthew chapter 1. We, we read the, the narrative of Joseph. The angel speaking to Joseph, and it's easy, what it's easy to do uh, is, is to talk about Joseph in the story. About what it meant to him. Bearing with that and obeying what the angel said. But the story really is about Jesus. And he's given two names by the angel in this passage. Two names that answer those two questions. Who is Jesus and why did he come? The first one is found, if you have your service sheets or your Bibles, is found in verse 22 of Matthew chapter 1. It said, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son. And they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. This prophecy was from Isaiah. Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. He will call him Emmanuel. See, for hundreds of years, people were waiting for a deliverer. Waiting for a deliverer. Jesus became that deliverer. He became a man. He was given the name Emmanuel. God with us. See, the real gift this Christmas is God sending his son to be born here. To grow up to die, to be raised again in our place. That's why we sing the songs that we do. That's why we say the creeds the way we do. It's all about Jesus. You see, God is so holy that he can't be around sin. So we could never, as sinners, go to him. So the only thing that he could do was to to come to us, to meet us where we are. And that's what he did. He sent his son. That's why John 1 makes a whole lot more sense when you read the book of John. In the beginning was the Word. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. It's all about Jesus. So who is Jesus? He's Emmanuel. He's God with us. He came to us because we couldn't go to God on our own. So why has He come? Well, this is answered in in verse 21 with his other name. It says, She will give birth to a son, and you will give him the name Jesus, because he will save the people from their sins. Understand that the word Jesus comes from the Hebrew word Joshua, which means Yahweh will save. Yahweh will save. You see, people were looking for a deliverer. They were looking for this time, as the prophecy has said, for hundreds of years, and finally Jesus came. He came in the midst of crisis, of calamity, and he was born. Isn't it interesting that we are still kind of in a time of crisis and calamity? If you look around us, it's it's not hard to find that. It's not hard to see unrighteous living or or people unnecessarily dying. We live in a country where there's wars, there's immoral living. People are moving further and further from God. People are seeking all kinds of other things. Families are falling apart. Marriages are falling apart can't live in peace with one another. I always think it's amazing that we can talk to somebody around the world with our cell phones, but we have trouble talking to our spouses in the other room. There's calamity around us. Understand that the chaos is really because of sin. The heart of every calamity is sin. It's doing things and living the way we want to live. It's a selfishness. That's why in Romans 3 it says, As it is written, there is no one righteous, not even one. We are all at fault and we all have sin. And this sin separates us from God. 
way Isaiah 59 says, Surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save, nor his ear too dull, too dull to hear. But your iniquities have separated you from your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. So that's the bad news. Our sins separate us from him. Now there's good news. This would be not a good Christmas Eve message if I said, Merry Christmas, have a good evening. If I left it at that. There's good news. Jesus is our Savior. Yahweh will save. He died in our place. So we can have that relationship restored. We are sinners. Because we sin, we need to be with God. We can't save ourselves, so God had to send somebody on earth from the outside in to save us. And that's exactly what this message is all about. That's exactly what the nativity story is all about. It's about Jesus coming as a man being born here to grow up and to die for our sins. That's why why we need him. That's why we need a savior. See, many people will hope in Jesus that, that Jesus will save us from our marriages. He will save us from the wars. He will save us from all the immorality going on in the world. He'll save us from our finances. He'll save us from uh, our, our, our failing marriages, our family, or, or, or our medical condition. Understand, those things are, are secondary to why Jesus came and to why we need a Savior. Yeah, we have hope in him during those times. Because he died and rose again and he's, he's alive and we can have hope and pray and we can cast our cares on him because he cares for us. But that's not why we need a savior. We need a savior because of sin. You look at the book, you look at the story of Joseph as we read here. Joseph was a carpenter. Joseph is still a carpenter. He had to go back to being a carpenter. Not only did he go back to being a carpenter, but now he's providing for three people. As opposed to one. As I said a few weeks ago, the shepherds who, many of you know the story of the shepherds who heard the angel and then went to the manger. They returned as shepherds. The sheep still smelled like sheep. They were still shepherds. Many of you will come to church. Many people do come to church at Christmas time. The once a year. And look and say, you know what, God, I really need help in this area of my life. I want you to help me. And then why they don't come back is because that, that area, that problem that they have is never taken away. And they say, I'm going to give up hope altogether. God's not real. He doesn't love me. He doesn't care. I got to say to you, church, he cares. He loves you. Loves you so much that he died for you. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. Joseph had a return to being a carpenter. The shepherds returned being shepherds, but I guarantee you they, they went back with a changed life. They went back different people than, the, than they were before they heard the angels speak. Our need of a Savior is because of our sin that we can't make up for. Romans three twenty three says, For all of sin comes short of the glory of God and are justified freely by his grace through redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement, Romans says, through the shedding of his blood to be received by faith. This is grace. Grace means we're given something that we don't deserve. You're given a present that you don't deserve, that we don't deserve. We deserve to die, but he sent his son to die for us. My prayer for you is that this Christmas that you realize that grace isn't a thing. 
As Paul Tripp, who came to our church a few weeks ago, says, the ultimate gift of grace is not a thing, but a person, he says. The baby in the manger is God's best gift, sent to fix what sin has broken. So when we look at our lists, my encouragement is, as we look at all the things that we want for Christmas, my encouragement to you is, if you don't have Jesus in your life, that's the gift. That's grace. That's grace. Something we don't deserve. I mean, can you imagine God who created humans back in Genesis, asking them to live a certain way, then they, then they decided to live totally different. They discard him from every aspect of life. They live unrighteously, immorally. They turn their back on him. Every year they turn further and further away from him. And what does he do? He sends his son to die for those very same people who rebel against him who were fighting, who were warring, who were living unrighteously, breaking all the commandments in an effort to save them. I mean, talk about absurd. However, this is exactly what God did. This type of love isn't logical. Why didn't he give up? Why didn't God just let the earth spin off its axis into the oblivion? Because he loves us. After every generation of people had spit in his face, he still loves them. And even today, after billions have chosen to forget about him, he still waits for them. It's inexplainable. It doesn't have a drop of logic nor a thread of rationality. But one author said, yet, it's the very irrationality that gives, God, gives the gospel its greatest offense. For only God could love like that. How absurd it is to think that no, such nobility would go to such poverty to share such a treasure with thankless souls. In fact, as one author wrote, the only thing more absurd than the gift is the unwillingness to receive it. So how do we get him? How do we get him? We know who he is. We know why he came. We know why we need him. So the question is, how do we get him? It's very simple. Ephesians 2.8 says, For it is grace have you that you've been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. See, many people will hear about the, the story at Christmas. Many of you already know the story. You've heard about the story. You know the story of the manger and the shepherds. That's the intellectual part. But faith moves beyond that. You may say, I know Jesus. You may even say, you know what, emotionally, it's good that I would have a relationship with Jesus. Why? Because ultimately, I'll spend eternity with him. And during this present life, I can have a relationship with him, casting my cares on him, all the things I'm going through, trusting in him, knowing that he's in control. That's the emotional piece. The piece that many of us fail at, or many of us that will come to church once a year, will fail at is committing to it. It's that one step beyond it's the one step beyond. Faith goes beyond intellect and emotion. It moves to commitment. Commitment. As you read in the story, well, we didn't read the, the, entire, the entire narrative, but the last verse, if you have your service sheets, is when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home to be his wife. I mean, what would happen if Joseph woke up from that dream and went, huh, that was a neat dream? and then just went on his way. What would have happened if the shepherds who heard the, the angel saying, go to the manger, said, huh, wasn't that weird, and then went right back to shepherding? Hey, the wool's really expensive this year, hey, Mac? And, I mean, what if they said, I'm not going to go to the manger? 
What if the wise men saw the star but never went? What would happen to the story? They all heard it. But they took that one step beyond and committed to it. My encouragement for you, if you're in here, have never taken that step, my encouragement is let the gift that you get this year, the best gift you ever got was Jesus Christ in your life and have that faith to commit to him. To put your faith and trust in him. Recognize that you're a sinner, that you can't save yourself. Confess your sins to him and ask for him to save you. Romans 10 says, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's the good news. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it's with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Church is very simple. This thing is not something that we, that we earn by coming to church, by living righteously, by doing good things. That's not grace. Grace is getting it, even though we didn't deserve it. But we need to have the faith to commit to it. Not just know it, but take the next step beyond as Joseph did, as the shepherds did, as the Magi did, to commit to it, to follow. Asking him to forgive you and be the Lord of your life and begin looking beyond this life at something better. That's what I love about the song that Ava just sang. And I mentioned this before when she sang it two weeks ago. How much we can learn from a child. She's saying the the Father sent his light to shine within the dark. He sent his only Son to live within my heart. How much we can learn from a child. It wasn't about presents. It's not about what she's getting tomorrow. It's not about what she gets to open tonight. The Father sent his light to shine within the dark. He sent his only son to live within my heart. My question for you tonight as we leave this place, with all our lists, with all the stuff that we go home to as we'll see under the tree, all the presents wrapped up, my question for you is, do you have the true gift of Jesus Christ in your life? The gift that lives with you forever. Because grace isn't a thing. It's a person. We need to go beyond knowing, beyond the emotional aspect of it, and commit to it. That's my prayer. That's my one hope as you leave this place tonight. So are you prepared to do that? Are you prepared to step out in faith? Will you pray with me? Father, we thank you so much for the fact that you did send your son, Emmanuel, to be born here on earth as a man. And Father, for naming him Jesus, because he will save us. Father, I pray that you move in this place, Father. As many of us have heard the story and know it, but many of us have never committed to it. Father, give us that motivation like Joseph to get up and to follow. And church, as we continue in attitude of prayer, I want to give you that opportunity before we leave this place to be able to confess your sins to him and ask him to be the Lord of your life, to forgive you, to be the Lord of your life, for you to trust him and have a relationship with him. It's very simple. It's just a matter of praying the prayer that I'm about to pray. In the silence of your own heart, you're not praying it to me, you're praying it to God. He hears you because he loves you, because he wants to have a relationship with you. 
If you've never made that commitment, pray this prayer with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I understand that I am a sinner and I am in need of a Savior. Thank you for sending your Son to die for me. I ask that you forgive my sins. I confess them to you now and ask that you wash me clean. Oh, dear Lord Jesus, thank you for forgiving me. Father, I ask that from this day on that I put my faith and trust in you and that you come into my life and my heart to be the Lord of my life. Father, thank you so much for what you've done in your name. And Father, I thank you so much for those that committed their lives to Christ, Father. How I celebrate that time. Father, how we as a church can celebrate, as you are celebrating now, for those that went beyond the intellectual, went beyond the emotional, and went to the commitment, Father. Thank you for them. Father, and as we approach the communion table, Father, I pray that for some, maybe this is their first time being able to take communion because they have a relationship with you, Father. I celebrate that, Father. And thank you for that gift this Christmas. We ask these things in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen.